Club Pro Chatter number four. We'd like to welcome everybody. This is brought to you by the Minnesota section of the PGA and the section charitable arm, PGA Reach. With Scott McDonald again, I'm Greg Snow from the Olivia Golf Club. Scotty, still at Minnewaska Golf Club, I yes, believe. Yes, Okay. still. Pending an investigation, I think I'm still the head pro. Investigation into what? No investigation. I just oh, made that up. You made up. that up, but, okay. Yeah, they're probably was... investigating something, but yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Okay. All right, Scott, our favorite segment, nail it. I'm sorry. So sorry. I felt like I was supposed to come in with something there. You were. What would that have been? I I, I couldn't pick up the sign. That was like a commercial for like diapers or something, wasn't it? Yeah, wait, yes. It might have been laundry detergent, but I don't know. Nonetheless. The tie, that might have been a Tide commercial. Yes, yes. Nonetheless, do you have any apologies? Oh, I got some. Do you have a laundry list? Uh, a Tide list, yeah, so to speak? I got, I got a list of apologies, and I guess you want me to start then? Yes, All right. yes. All right, assistants out there, associates, whatever we're calling you. I think it's both assistants and associates, or used to be apprentices. We, we dropped the ball. We failed miserably. As we said we were going to do in these podcasts, we are not going to get this perfect. We understand that. But when we recorded the last show, we were at the uh, at the Royal Club, and we had so many stuff packed in, Scotty. We had so many guests, and we were kind of excited about all that, you know, and wondering, are they going to show up? And were they just all talk, you know, like, um, you know, maybe they really don't want to talk to us, or they didn't like the podcast. So we were just geared up for all this stuff, right? Yes. And we forgot, and when I say we, I'm throwing you in there, bud. All right, we forgot to talk about the Assistance Championship, which happened up at Northland. Yes. Uh, one of your favorite golf courses. Yeah, I love uh, the old classic Donald Ross. It's just great golf, great scenery. Uh, you've got the uh, lake effect. It, it, You have trouble putting to begin with, but up there it's a whole different element. They've got this thing called the clock system. I don't know if you've heard of it. You probably haven't because you're not into it. Uh, it shows you which way the grain goes on every green. So it's a fun golf course, really difficult. It's firm and fast. Um, yeah, I mean, the 10th hole at Northland might be the toughest hole that I've played in the state. It's I had to up, get there. Yes. I had to get there in my mind. Yes, that's a, that is a tough hole. Yeah, driving. Do and you hit driver? Uh, it depends on how I'm hitting driver, but typically I'll hit forward just short, and then you've got like almost 200 yards uphill. Yeah, it pinches in there, and I never take enough club. No, no, it plays severely uphill, and then the green is, it's... You're so far away from the lake, you almost don't know where the lake is, so it's tough to read the green. Um, but yeah, it's just a very difficult hole, and 18's tough. There's a, it's a, it's a good golf course. I want to address some allegations you made there. Um, I do care. All right, you do. One, and second of all, I do love that place because I don't feel like I have to make putts there. No, and you know me. I, yeah, I yeah. like to just get it like around the cup, not in the cup, and then I'll just tap in the next one. Because you're right, I'm not a great putter, but we, we're we're getting we're digressing here. We need to apologize to the assistants. We didn't talk about. It, we're going to talk about it now. Yes, in the apology segment because it's kind of a big one. Yeah. So I I'm go up to the pines on Thursday, right? Yep. And I want to play golf with my buddies, and uh, I'm standing there, and Jesse Nelson says to me, he goes, "Hey, G, you got a second? And I, I thought he wanted to talk about NCC, you know, which is an event we, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, let's go off to the side because we don't invite everybody to the NCC. You know, we, we get people that kind of say, why am I not invited? Well, you're just not, you know. So I kind of want to pull him off the side. He goes, um, are you guys on your podcast supposed to kind of be covering everything section wide? 
And I, I immediately kind of knew where he was going, and I, I almost throat punched him. But I didn't. I let him. I let him finish because I love him. He's my yeah. buddy, and I, we laughed and not. And I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, my friend." Because what it was like five days after the assistant championship that we did that podcast, or one week, because it was yes. Monday to Monday yep. or something. Yep. So we had time. We could have put it in there, and we blew it. So Andy Smith, Hazeltine assistant pro, where we're at today. Yep, we're at. We the didn't great... mention that we're at the Hazeltine National here. Yeah. Would you say this clubhouse is very similar to ours at Olivia and uh, Minnewaska? Yes. I would not want to vacuum here. No. And I am the chief vacuumer at the OGC. Do you have like an official vacuum, a club vacuum? Are you on staff with like uh, Hoover or something? Uh, no, no. No, you're not? No. Okay. No, we actually buy very cheap vacuums and then every year get a different one. We don't do the big one. But you've got one vacuum. Oh, yes. One I vacuum. bet you they got 30 vacuums We here. should find that out. That'd be a good That's over a good under question. on vacuum. There's a lady at the front up there that walked me back here. She walked me back here. Yeah. Yeah, like I was important. You, I you, felt really good about it. You are important. Thank you, buddy. All right, I appreciate that. Okay, so assistants, we're sorry. Andy Smith won. What did he shoot? Two under? Two over? Two over. Great shooting up there. I've never shot two over at Northland. I'm, that, that's, that's on 30, two rounds, Yeah, right. 36 holes all in one day. Uh, I never did get the count of how many guys walked all 36 oh, up there. that was something there. else we talked about. Yes. yes. So we, we got Andy Smith, Kyle Scanlon, okay. second. Andy... Didn't walk. Kyle, maybe. I bet you Andy walked. He probably had a caddy. Okay, I'm going with he didn't. You're saying he is. Kyle, he likes to walk, doesn't he? I don't think Scanlon walked 36. Okay. And And Mike Marshall. Mark Marshall's never walked in his life. Nope. Timmy Brovold. Uh, Tim Brovold would pay double for a cart. And then, you know, Jesse Nelson finished uh, first alternate. Jesse Nelson spoiled. Yeah, here's what I mean by that: is they they've got the best golf in the world right around them. They don't they never walk. No, no, because they our goal always was we got to get 36 holes in. I don't mean spoiled as in a like you know he uh, he gets everything handed to him. We just have it so good that we don't walk. Yeah, when we were up in the brain, you know, when I worked up there, so that wasn't a thing. So yes, Jesse, you think is going to make it? Yeah, I, it, to nationals. I had talked to I think Andy Smith, and he said there's a good chance that our first alternate uh, Jesse's going to make it to nationals, which is uh, here in about a month, mid-November. They kind of pushed it back, and it's down at Port St. Lucie um, at, the, at the courses there. Yeah, the Wanamaker. Yeah, the uh, play, I yeah. think they play, they might, all, all rounds might be on the Wanamaker. It is, yes, yeah. uh, all four. I talked to Andy. I was here last week, played some golf, um, shot what, 90. Yeah, No, 90? I'm not afraid. No, Remember, no. I'll, I'll say it. I it, shot a 90. But it was 7,200 yards. You're right, 51 degrees. 51 degrees, and did you, is it true, I saw a picture floating around, is it true you barely made the fairway from the back tee on the, on the par 5-7? Come off a really good bogey on the hole before, I snap hooked it, should have been in one of those people's houses where they got the free tickets. Yeah, yeah. For the Ryder Cup. Yep, okay. they just been in there. over there. It yeah. wasn't, we found it, miracle, uh-huh. leaves everywhere, right? Uh, found it, made a great bogey, punched it out on the green, whatever, so I'm feeling good. Things are, I just come off two pars and that good bogey, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. And I crush Scotty. I kid you not. And number seven holds a little special sentiment in my heart because my wife and daughter and I, that's the hole we sat on for the Ryder Cup. We sat on that corner. It was 16 at the time. Yes. Right. And we sat at the corner so I could see the board and whatever. And we were watching these pros drive it over around the corner. Those of you who've played Hazel, you know. So I stand up there and the wind is right in my face. And I'm looking, is that bunker on the left? You know, can I hit it in there? And I'm playing with a couple of my members and 
I'm thinking, can I read? Yeah, go through your yardage book. Perfect. And so I'm like, can I hit it in that bunker? And I was like, well, I'll just hit it good here. And I hit it well. I'm not afraid to say I hit it well. And I let the shaft out, okay? Get out there. And it is, I paced it off. It was 16 yards clear of the rough. And we laughed for literally 10 minutes just sitting there going, man, you bust it. And I'm like, that's where they were hitting it for the Ryder Cup, up there. Yeah. And I know it was a nicer day and all that stuff, but I don't care about that. We just laughed, and I had hit five wood up over the trees. How far did I hit it? You got the book there. 286 to that bunker. Yeah, so see, that, I, I was mean, thinking I could hit it in there. You, did your second shot get to that bunker? <laughs> Let's put it this way. I wasn't worried about the water up by the green. Yeah. No, it's it's it, it, it's 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 a very difficult golf course. If you can play well here, I, I, I can test you can play well anywhere. Uh, I was here last week also, uh, our four-ball finale. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, we ended up on the wrong side of that. Uh, hats off to Kyle Scanlon and Danny Sinkson for uh, taking it to uh, Luke Benoit and myself. We lost one up. It was a it was a great match. It was the day before you were here. Yes. Um, and it was, it was 48 degrees and blowing. And, it, I mean, I love days like that. And I did, just did not play well. You didn't shoot 90, I bet. I did not shoot 90, but I didn't make a birdie. I'm not afraid to say that I did not make a birdie in 18 holes. That might that might have broke my streak. Well, the whole round, that's all I talked about is I got to make a birdie. I got to be. Did Scotty, you make you one? Told me, oh no! Yeah, I had. I went back and counted two birdie putts. <laughs> really? Yeah, I made seven pars or six pars, two birdie putts. It's it's and and you know we're here today because we got the fall scramble, a full field, 120 players, three man team. So we got 40 teams here today. Um, we're playing up a little bit from where you and I, uh, played. What do you think wins today? Fall scramble. Uh, at 6,500, let's just say it's going to yes, play in yep. there. I believe it'll be 12 under today. 12 under. I'm what taking the over. You got the over. Cause, because yeah. I'm shooting for our team to shoot 15. <sighs> 12 was a bad number. You caught me off guard there. Yes. So you're going to win that one. That's fine. Okay. Hey, we are in the apology segment yeah, I here. I know. I know. We, we got off Somehow, on our... we tangent into a lot of stuff. You there, know We're going to do that. I don't really have any apologies. Yeah, you do. But let's finish it. Let, let me finish up this, and then you okay. do. You have one, and you're going to do it. All okay. right. I know you don't want to do it, but you're going to do it. I will hold your feet right to the fire okay. right now. And, yep, pull up your little, and I'll finish mine. You assistants who played up in Northland, congratulations for you moving on. We apologize for not mentioning that earlier. That is our fault. We will do better, as we promised in these segments. We, we just got to get there where we figure, we remember those big events. Because the Assistant Championship was huge for you and I. We wanted that event. We loved that event. We blocked that off in our calendars when we were assistants. And so we hope it's the same thing for you guys. So please accept our apologies. We'll move on. All right, Scott, come on. Okay. Come on, buddy. Remember last... Oh, I remember. We were at the Royal Golf Club. That's correct. Bianca was there. And uh Hangkorn Tavatanakit won the event there. Uh, she currently, I'm looking at it right now, seventh in the world amateur golf rankings. Oh. That's the world, Greg. The world. Yeah. And uh, so my apologies. I probably messed it up again. Uh, you know, I, we could be here a while. We did think that this could be an apology where it keeps going, like, yes, for the yes. next six, seven, eight I've podcasts. Built, I've got a built-in apology now for for who knows. So from expensive. this point forward, we're just going to call her Patty. 
Yes, we're calling her Patty. Because we may talk about her again if she's seven in the world. Yeah, she's, that could she's I mean, let's be honest, Hazel Teen National, KPMG, you never know. It's uh, here next year. Ooh, she could qualify, Somehow, couldn't she? Who knows? Uh, or is that an event where it's just pros? Well, it might be just, just pros? pros, but what if she turns pro? Oh, why would you throw that in there? Perfect. She's a, What is she in college? Look at that up again. Uh, Was she a sophomore? I cannot recall. Typically, women don't leave college early to go pro. I, I, they either go pro before that, like Alexi. She's a freshman. Yeah, she. I think she's going to hang in there. When you're seventh in the world? That'd be like you going to Kentucky, you great basketball player. You're the seventh best player in the nation. You're up for the Wooden Award. You're not going pro? Don't you think, though, that the, the money gap is a big reason why they would stay in college and keep their education? More so than the guys, because the guys, the money, and again, I know this is a huge debate for another time that maybe you and I, yes. we want to tackle. I don't know if we do want to tackle it, but maybe we will, because we want tough topics too. Yeah. You know, this has kind of been gumdrops and rainbows up to this point, but now we're going to maybe get into some deeper stuff. Yes. Because you've hit me with the personal stuff. I know. And so now maybe we have to hit some tough topics. But point being is that that gap, that money gap, maybe makes it harder for a gal to say, I'm going to go try this. And then if it doesn't work out... They would probably like their education. Not saying they can't go back, but how many people do that? Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's and, and nothing's a guarantee. Let's be honest. You know, there's so many great players out Oof. there. and We learned well, that last time with Snyder. Yes, yeah. All so, right. We're going to move on to some Ryder Cup. Uh, I've been dreading this for three weeks because uh, I knew that you would gloat a little bit. And I'm surprised you could get in through the door uh, with the size of your head. But anyways... Um, you called it. You nailed it. Uh, you didn't have a good feeling. You said it for weeks beforehand. Um, I didn't realize that it was going to be... I mean, after that first session, you could not have been feeling that good. No, after that first session... And and we let's make this perfectly clear. I am USA all the way. I was well, cheering, and I wanted... When we're up 3-1 after the first session... You weren't thinking I'm going to be wrong on the podcast. No, you weren't I, thinking that. No, I was right. thinking let's let's go afternoon wave three one again and let's just run away with this thing. And then all of a sudden we just get I T off at golf champions. We're up three one. I get off the golf course and we got swept in We're the afternoon. Four three. Four three. I'm like this could not be any worse. Or five three. Five three. My math wasn't good. Yes. Though. Sorry. So yeah, it's and then from there it's yeah it just was not. I don't know what it is. Okay, I, so I, so I here's what I got, and I'll come back. Don Barry, I think, nailed it. It is just so much more important to them than it is to the Americans. You can just see. <sighs> it's something that's unexplainable that it just, they. I don't want to say they don't care because they do care, and we know that, that they do care. It's just those guys, for some reason, like Don said it, and we listened to it this morning. Don said it just, they would rather win a Ryder Cup than a major. Yes. And if you pin down Brooks Kepka or any of those, Bill Mickelson, I don't care who it is, I don't think they could say that, honestly. You know, but the Europeans, we saw that little video at the fall meeting yesterday yes. where it's like, you just, you know, when Colin Montgomery says for country or whatever, or for your whole nation or whatever he said, I kind of lost for track. For all of Europe. Yeah, for all of Europe, you kind of, I got a little chilled. Yeah. You know, when you see that, and you're like, man, it is a big deal. And Don mentioned to, uh, that it was in France, so they didn't think they would have home court advantage or home field advantage. Well, the makeup of that golf course really set a good amphitheater, you know, with like the whole one down and two right back. And 
People were there engaged for the first two holes. You know, Hazeltine was great. We loved it. We had fun. But you're chasing the whole time to get to a spot where yes. you're like, I got to find it. So I don't know if they designed it that way. It doesn't matter to me if they did or didn't. But it just created that early excitement and early atmosphere. And then late, if you just didn't go down number 17 at Lynn National, uh, just hung around, you would get 15, 16, and 18 kind of all right there. Yeah. And so and not many matches went to 18. I think it was No, like how tough did oh, that hole great look? Hole. <laughs> and I would lay up every time. Do you think, how far do you think you could hit a shot out of that rough over there? Because that rough was nasty. Uh, perfectly set up by the Europeans. I thought, and we have we have Mr. Hintz in the room here today who ran the Ryder Cup here. Yes. I thought our setup here was, per- remember me saying that? Perfect. Yes. When we set up Hazel It was perfect for us. Perfect for us. And Justin Rose sits up there, you know, it's kind of Mickey Mouse for the best players in the world. Well, they get to do what they want over there. Yeah. Okay. But we're going to set it up. How we want. We got bombers. We got guys tanking all over. I was behind those trees on number one when I played here. And I was like, yeah, Patrick Reed hit one up on, through here onto the green, whatever, whatever. I bladed mine into the trees over there. But I had thicker rough to deal with. Yes. The Patrick Reed did. Oh, no. It, it It's, yeah, it, there is... A lot to go into the course setup. That Tons. dictates a lot of the play. And you look at, you. every sport has it now. You look at all the metrics and all the advanced stats. And you look and you see that our guys do not drive the ball straight. So what are you going to do? You're going to bring up the rough. You're going to tighten the fairways. And it's, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, I saw Tiger Woods try to hack a shot. From like 115 yards. That is not a far shot for him out of the rough. And he barely got the ball 80 yards. It was unbelievable how nasty it was. Yeah, we're going to have a guest on Chandler, head pro from here, yes. from Hazeltine. And he got involved with the analytics that you mentioned uh, about the par fives. And that we shouldn't shorten them and try to use, you know, Brooks Kepka drives it long and DJ and all this stuff, right? But he went the other way. And we saw an interview about that where he kind of said maybe we're really good with our wedges. You know, we should try to figure that out of how to get how to get people to their wedges. And so again, hole 15 is forever, you know, 625 yards. Well, Chandler went back and he did the analytics on that, like we mentioned, and kind of talked to them about we need more wedges. And he told that story of of them listening to him. You know, again, very few people listen to us, but they listen to Chandler. Yeah. And so we're calling him. We want him on the air. Chandler, we got you here. Head pro Hazelty National. Chandler Withington. Chandler, uh, congratulations. You just had your kid yesterday. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me on. Thank you. Good, good morning. And uh, it's kind of weird for me to be calling in to Hazeltine while you guys are there, and I'm not. But um, <laughs> Don't worry, the place is running and... great. Yes. Yeah, thanks. We had a quick, quick question, Chandler. How many vacuums do you have at Hazeltine National? Why are you seeing them all in use this morning, I hope? No, Greg and I just talked, and we were talking about vacuuming our clubhouse, and I said that they probably have a few more vacuums than the one that Greg has at Olivia and the the one that partially works at Minnewaska. (laughs) Yeah, the answer is greater than one. I've seen at least three or four motion at the same time, so... It's a good thing to have on. Beautiful. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for letting us be here. Thanks for hosting the Fall Scramble. Thank you for letting Greg and I come out and play last week. And Greg is 
is thinking about quitting golf after being demoralized. He shot 90 from about 7,200 yards, but, uh, you know, he's supposed to tee it forward. He's getting older now. You know, I think you guys are going to have fun today. I think we're going to play in the scramble. 6,400 yards. Vincent was in last week. I said, let's let the guys have some fun, make some birdies before we go into hibernation. So you should have a little more fun today. <laughs> yeah, we didn't find any of those birdies, Chandler, no. out there. Scotty was blanked. I was blanked. I still had fun, though. Good. That's the whole idea. Well, and that's part of Hazeltine National, the aura, uh, you know, when we step on the grounds. Now, you work here every day. It may not feel that way to you, but describe the first time you walked on property. Well, you know, it's it's funny. We had our daughter yesterday and uh, came to the realization that she was born on the same day that I got the phone call that we got the job at Hazeltine six years ago. So it was uh, great to look back at the last six years and the journey we've been on. And uh, when I came up, uh, the first time was for an interview uh, back in the fall of 2012. And uh, I'd seen it on TV for the championships. And I was so anxious to see the property I got in the day before. And uh, before I met with the committee, I just wanted to kind of hijack my way out of the property and see it a little bit uh, before I went into the interview the next day. And back by the 16th tee, there's a cul-de-sac. I kind of looked on Google Earth and saw that if I parked my car back in that corner, maybe I could sneak down and, and take a look at number 16. <laughs> so I did. I trespassed a little bit. And as I came down the path there uh, towards that back tee, you know, there's Lake Hazeltine, and oh, great, here comes number 16. And, you know, we've cleared out a lot of those woods by the tee there. Yep. So it was, it was heavily wooded. And then I come around the corner there, and there's this wolf standing on the tee, kind of looking at the water. And you got to remember, I'm, I'm an East Coast guy. I come from New Jersey, so I haven't seen a lot of wolves and coyotes and things like that. And it kind of froze me up. You know, I'm you know, thinking in my head, you know, what's the name of the basketball team here? It's the Timberwolves. You yeah. know, these animals, these animals live up here. And if this thing turns around, it's going to have me for dinner. And I'm kind of slowly backing my way back up the path towards the car and looking at the animal. And it's just being really still and looking at the water. And it kind of started to dawn on me after about five or six seconds that it's one of those decoys, which I've gotten to know so well now. You know, as, as <laughs> You'll see them when you go out there today. They, they, they're really effective on ducks. Apparently, they're really effective on, on newcomers to the Midwest. Yeah, so. oh. They keep away trespassers, apparently. Yeah, the first time I saw Chandler was on hole eight. And I thought, is that a dog up there or a, or a duck or what is that yeah. thing? So you're right. Yeah. That, that's funny. So yeah, so that was, that was my first impression, you know, amongst other things at the golf course. was uh, took me for a pretty good scare. Beautiful. Um, so we just got done uh, sobbing a little bit about our Ryder Cup. Um, obviously, you know, two years ago it's here. We're excited. It was awesome. Greg was here. Um, I was here. You lived it. Jeff Hintz is with us. He he was here. And it's, it's I, I mean, we go from such a high. And the only thing I can say about this event that I don't like is now we got to wait two more years to try and get it back. Can we make this? We should make it like a, a yearly thing. But, no, I think um, – Thoughts, your thoughts from the Ryder Cup. Uh, obviously, you being, it's a big part of who you are being at Hazeltine, and it's going to be back here in 2028. So, thoughts on, on the Ryder Cup? Yeah, um, it was disappointing, right? You know, we we uh, we had such a great victory and, and a lot of momentum going over there, but 
the things that really concern me going over there, uh, one, um, that golf course, um, knowing how many competitive rounds they've played on it, how well suited it was for them and the things that they do well in a comparison back to how we set up Hazeltine in 2016, I think towards what we do really well as American players. And, and that's a part of the Ryder cup is one team's advantage in doing that and, and their opportunity to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to go out and, and hit the shots. But I think the, the number was, I think Europe had played 288 competitive rounds to our eight. And the only American player who went over to play the golf course in the French open this year was Justin Thomas. You know, it's no surprise that Justin played well, uh, being that he'd had some competitive, some competitive rounds under his belt, uh, going over there. So, that was the first thing that concerned me. And you know, the second thing that just concerned me was, was how much press was being given to how strong the American team was. And, and they were, um, when you look at Brooks Kepka's, you know, won two majors and, you know, Justin Thomas had won his first major, Patrick Reed had won the masters and Allison, we throw Tiger in and, it, you know, on, on paper, we, we do this a lot over the last 20 years in Ryder cups. We talk about how unbeatable the American team is, um, because of how well they played in majors and tournaments throughout the year. And then we look at the other team and we go, oh, that's, you know, who's Tyrell Hatton or who's Thornburg Gilson? And, um, and, and on down the line, you know, we, we may not be familiar with Tommy Fleetwood or Francesco Malinari. I know he won the Open Championship, but uh, Ryder Cups tend to educate us about how great Europe is, you know, every two years, uh, especially when they play at home and how dynamic they are in front of their crowd. And, and they seem to get the best out of players like Ian Poulter and, and Sergio Garcia, who hasn't had a great year, and then Henrik Stenson, you know, who hasn't had a great year, uh, they really get up for the Ryder Cup and the opportunity to beat strong American teams. And uh, it just played out in front of us again. And, uh, and just a credit to them, uh, I'd love to know the stat on how many putts were made inside of 10 feet because I, I didn't count too many misses by the Europeans and uh, a lot of misses for the Americans. I think a lot was made about the driving accuracy, and I don't think that was the big differential uh, again, it just came down to they had to make putts inside 10 feet, and, and they were charging theirs in, and, and it seemed like the Americans were trying to die theirs in. And uh, just back to the familiarity of the golf course, it, it really played right into their hands. Chandler, um, I don't know how involved you were in the task force, but I think that they're getting um, un, unruly ripped right now. Like, well, that was a failure, and I don't look at it that way. Did you have any involvement with the quote unquote task force when you were, uh, you know, when they had it here in 16? Well, in 16, I had a lot of involvement with uh, the captain, Davis Love, and, and Tom Lehman, just as far as how we set up the golf course at Hazeltine and, um, you know, that they were willing to, to consider some other opinions and some other perspectives, which I thought was a strength of Davis Love's coming off of a loss. He wanted to look at things differently and consider other ways of doing things. Um, so there was that. Um, but no, for, for this year, uh, I was not that involved. Um, and, and we'll kind of see how things go forward. I, I would agree with your comment about, you know, it seems like whenever the Americans lose and we throw up our hands in frustration and go, okay, we got to blow the whole thing up and start all over again. And, and I don't think that that's really the case. I think the team camaraderie for the States, despite a lot of the reports that came out after the Ryder Cup, I think is actually much stronger than it was 10 to 15, 20 years ago. I think there's a lot to be optimistic, you know, for Team USA going forward. Uh, I think that, you know, the two guys that you can tell love playing the Ryder Cup are Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. And I think they're going to be the leaders of the team for the next 10 to 15 years. And that's that's a positive. Uh, I think the closeness uh, starting back in 2016 um, is a real positive. And we look back at 2006, 
the Team USA didn't have a single player under the age of 30 in 2006, if you can even fathom that, wow. you know, to where it is now. Yeah, to where it is now with, with so many young players. So I think, you know, the future is bright, but, you know, the other side is not going to just lay down and, uh, and start losing these things. They, they want to win just as badly as I think we do. Um, but, yeah, to your point, I'm not going to get overly critical after a loss. You know, sometimes the other team plays better. Yes, you know, you can learn some things. I was reminded recently there was a great quote by the, the guy who played on uh, the Team USA 1980 hockey team, Dave Christian, who lives locally in Chaska. He had shared with us that Herb Brooks used to remind the team, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. And I think it'd be curious just to kind of see what Team USA learned about this one. And I, I hope part of it is, especially when it comes to winning over there, is that it's going to take more time than just going over the week of and trying to figure out the golf course, you know, for two or three days and then put the tee to the ground on Friday and, and hoping that we're going to win. And in Rome in 2022 is going to be a different entity. It won't be a golf course that either side is more familiar with than the other. Uh, but I think we're going to have to put the time in to go over and prepare and be ready to play. And uh, the schedule for the, the PJ Tour, I think, is going to help. I think we had 11 tires going over to France who had just played three weeks straight in 10 of 12 weeks. Uh, compared to only you know less than half the team for the Europeans, uh, the PGA Tour uh, schedule should end by Labor Day in 2020. Uh, so you'll have some players that are well rested for two or three weeks heading into the Ryder Cup in 2020 and beyond. So I don't think fatigue will be a factor. I think it was in this last Ryder Cup. You know, no matter how much Team USA would say that it won't, I think it was. Uh, Tiger especially was the the most blatant example of that. You know, he was a guy who wanted to play well, just physically was done after putting so much in, in into winning. So. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to, to be optimistic about, and, and the, the guys that were on the team, the real core of five or six players, can be part of these Ryder Cups for a long time. So quick follow-up to that. I coached uh, basketball in the town I live in now for two years, and it never got any headway, Chandler, of what you just said. The other team wants to win, too. So when you think of that, it's like, why do we get so mad when they beat us? Because they're doing everything to prepare. I just don't understand that. I mean, maybe you can attest to that. Why do people get all bent out of shape when something doesn't go the right way? Because they're doing all the prep work too. Yeah, well, it's, it, it just raises the bar. You know, you can only control what you can control. You can't control what the other team's doing. Uh, but you can control your, your, your side of it and your preparation and your effort. And uh, I think that's where you got to go from there. But um, well, the Europeans, you know, ever since they, they really became Team Europe in the late 70s, uh, this is a rallying cry for them every two years is to come together and represent the European PGA Tour. And uh, on a global stage where over 1 billion people are watching, you know, it, it is an opportunity for a team like uh, Francesco Malinari and Tommy Fleetwood to just go, look, we're, we're really good too. So they, they really rally around that. And, uh, when, when the Americans get the emotion level up, uh, you know, they're great, but it's a it's a different dynamic for the American team than it is for the European team as far as motivation. So I think the Americans are still trying to figure that part out as a whole team, and uh, it's getting closer again. It's look back to where we were 10, 12 years ago as a team to where we are today. It's We're moving in the right direction despite despite a bad loss. I know it all seems like all is, is broken and lost, and we got to start over again, but I don't think that's really the case. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously Justin Thomas – I mean, he was a rookie, but he he didn't play like a rookie. I mean, that it, you can just see how much he loves that big stage. And I think the other thing that we can't discount is how difficult it is 
to win on foreign soil. And to they, the Europeans, just like the Americans when it's in the USA, is they do not want to lose a Ryder Cup on their home turf. That is the last thing they want. So it's just it's just difficult. I mean, so yeah. Some of the some of the things that I think make the Ryder Cup different than an individual event. You know, you look at we have a dominant player in Brooks Kepka um, as an individual. We had the number one player in 2016 and Dustin Johnson as an individual. Uh, Ricky Fowler, well, I know he hasn't won a major yet, has, has been a great individual player. Um, a lot of these players play with a flat line emotional level on a weekly basis, which is great when you're an individual to, to just stay emotionally neutral. Unfortunately, the Ryder Cup doesn't work like that. You know, the Ryder Cup, you have to get out of your emotional shell with passion. And we've seen this with players in the past. I mean, one of the most glaring examples was David Duvall in 1999 at Brookline. Um, didn't see what the big deal was about the Ryder Cup. And then you see him on Sunday charging around, celebrating like he, he really didn't even know how to because it has to bring that emotion out of you. Uh, the same way that we saw it with Seve Ballesteros for so long. Uh, Sergio, uh, you saw the emotion from John Rahm when he got to beat Tiger on Sunday. Um, Ian Poulter, obvious. Um, you see the emotion level of the Europeans until we figure out how to match that. And, and we saw that from some players like Patrick Reed in 2016. Um, Brant Snedeker, I thought, played with a lot of passion and emotion. If I'm coaching the American team, you know, they have to learn that the Ryder Cup is played with passion and emotion. We saw that from Justin Thomas. We know he wanted to win. He's been talking about this for two to three years, that winning the Ryder Cup would mean more to him than winning a major. And I think that's the, the thing that we're still trying to figure out is how to match them emotionally. You know, we're just going to figure that part out. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. All right, Chandler, that's enough about Ryder Cup. Your knowledge of Ryder Cup is making us look stupid. Yes. So we, we got to be careful of that. So let's talk about Hazeltine. You've been here six years. What are some of the changes that have happened around here that you're particularly proud of? Boy, yeah, I mean, the, the, the one proud change uh, I think we've seen in the last year, and I give the Board of Governors a lot of credit for, is is recognizing that the need for a general manager. And we've added a great piece to our team. Uh, Eric Rule joined us back in March, and uh, he was a part of Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York, for, for 27 years. So uh, it brings a lot of experience from a club like that over to us. And I think that's just the message that Hazeltine's saying. There are, there are higher levels for us to reach, and, and we want to bring on a piece to help us. And I, I've already seen that uh, play out over the last five or six months. Um, you know, we, we did uh, a couple projects here that I've been able to be a part of. And uh, I think we started the broadcast, and you talked about how tough it was to make a birdie. Um, Two or three years ago, we started looking at the women's experience at Hazeltine. When I showed up six years ago, women were playing from 5,700 yards. And I'm watching this, and, and it's just, it was hard to watch, you know. And that's, I'm not trying to discredit women. It just, in my opinion, I didn't feel like they're playing the right set of tees. And I spent two years trying to ask the women, you know, we had a set of tees at 5,100, and, and why weren't they playing them? And the number one bit of feedback was, you know, the tees were only about five feet by five feet big, and they were kind of cut into the rough. They weren't, they didn't feel like the rest of, of the golf course. And while women agreed, you know, 5,700 is overly challenging and it's not a lot of fun, uh, they wanted to see the 5,100-yard tees feel like the rest of the golf course. And if, if that were to happen, they'd start playing more often. And again, I give the club a lot of credit for recognizing the situation. 
investing the money, uh, working with Reese Jones. And uh, this last spring, we got a lot of those tees built up and expanded. And I think you'll see them as you go around today. And uh, I'd say, you know, 90 to 95% of our women's play now is, is at that tee. And I read a quote from Gil Hance in the most uh, recent Golf Digest uh, with John Rahm on the cover where uh, Gil, you know, he's one of the, the leading architects right now. He said, you know, shorter is really the answer right now. And he thinks you're going to start seeing a lot of, of four tees built under 5,000 yards. And you'll start seeing a lot of people move up, as you mentioned earlier. And I think that's really the key to the future of our game. It's, you know, we're not just stepping out on a limb here. Um, we've, we've gone way too far as far as where we play the golf course from. And we're recognizing that people want to have fun, but it still needs to be a challenge. And just finding that tipping point of having the challenge be a little bit more than the fun, because that'll keep people coming back. So um, that is something that I've just kind of seen over the last two or three years that you know, we, we want to be the leaders of. And uh, hopefully people around us will take note and, and recognize that, we, one, we need to get the women playing the right tees so that they have fun and they want to come out more often. And hopefully that'll have a trickle-down effect to the rest of the players on the golf course. Yeah. So, Greg, are you hearing this? You should You should is be he up preaching at me? Yes, I think I he's know. telling you you need to play from about uh, 6,000. Chandler, I love how you didn't at least say my name in there, <laughs> but I, I appreciate what you're saying. So, Chandler... Um, Speaking of women, you've kind of got a pretty big uh, women's event coming here uh, next June. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah it's it's unique to go through um, a five-year stretch here where we go from having 24 of the world's best players in the Ryder Cup to the world's best women, female players and then following the very next summer by the best junior amateur players, 18 and under. Uh, it's a great five-year stretch, and then I think you throw in the fact that the PGA Tour is coming back to Minnesota, and all of a sudden golf is really hot here in Minnesota, and we're going to get the, a chance to see a wide range of players. And I think that's if you're a golf fan in, in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Dakota's, Iowa area, you got to be excited. So, uh, yeah, the women uh, we're excited about. And I've been, you, know, you talked about my Ryder Cup knowledge. I'm now trying to really immerse myself into really paying attention to the women on a weekly basis. Who should we be paying attention to? Uh, who are the names? And why should people want to come out? And I think people go want to see a different side of golf and watching the women play. Uh, I went down and watched the Solheim Cup in 2017 in Des Moines, Iowa. And it was my first women's event that I've seen. And I'm telling you, I was impressed. Um, not, not that my standards were low, but I was really taken back at, at how great and consistent uh, the ball striking was just sitting on the range watching the women warm up uh, to how they played their matches. Uh, it was really captivating. Um, if you if you were trying to fight off big crowds at the Ryder Cup, you're not going to have to deal with that when you come out next summer for the women's KPMG. Uh, the crowds will be manageable. will be able to get right up on the ropes and watch these women do their thing. And uh, That's a great opportunity. I encourage people to come out. And then I think looking ahead to the next summer with uh, the boys' junior amateur, uh, it's going to be about 284 players. They're going to expand the size of the field for 2020. Chaska Town Course is going to help us host again, uh, just like they did for the 2006 U.S. Amateur. And you got to remind people that this is an event that, that Tiger Woods won three straight times. Jordan Spieth won twice as a, a junior amateur. And uh, my prediction has been that I think you'll see two players, you know, we don't know who they're going to be from 2020 that will return here in 2028 as a part of Team USA for the Radical team. That's a great prediction, and I, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, how unbelievable some of these young players are. It's just insane. Yeah, one last thing I think I would say is you, you look back at history, 
in 2006, we had the U.S. Amateur and uh, Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson were a part of that. So those were the two that came back 10 years later for 2016. I, I think there's a very good chance of that repeating. So, again, it's it's an opportunity for people to come out and see the best women and the best juniors, I think, really before they break ground and become the names that we see every week on TV. But um, we're excited about the next two years and, and beyond. But uh, for now, just trying to take one day at a time. I, I don't – I'm a purveyor of positivity typically, Chandler. And so I – I hope that you're wrong in the fact that um, I think the crowds, I think, are going to be bigger than that. I really do. You guys put on such an amazing show here. Our members at my club, they don't forget that. You know, they they remember that experience. And I, I hope that it isn't that accessible, almost to the point where these women are overwhelmed by the Minnesota golf fan. Hey, I, I would love to get in that boat and, and share your optimism that, I know the women that are leading the event, so we've got some great leaders with Ruth Kimmel's shoe and Marshall Lockett that, that share that outlook, and and I do as well. I guess I was just trying to look at the the craziness of the crowds. The right, right. and you didn't you didn't get to see as much golf because there's only you know twelve to eight players on the golf course at any one time. You're going to get to see a lot more golf. Is the point? I guess I was trying to make. Yeah, but. and you're you're right in that because I remember back in 2009, I was trying to follow Mickelson, and after three holes of trying to follow Phil, I said, "Where's Corey Pavin?" Because it was just ridiculous, and Corey was kind of one of my favorites because he's the guy that you look at, you think, I could be that guy. And so mm-hmm. uh, so I went and followed him, and I literally was as close to his mustache as you can get. And so, uh, you know, Phil, I couldn't even find a way to get to see him. So you're right that there's so many more golfers out there that you have just that much more accessibility. Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it it will be a great stretch for golf. We've got the KPMG here, uh, the middle of June, and then like two weeks later, they're at the TPC uh, Twin Cities for the 3M. I mean, if I don't know about you, Greg, but I don't think I'm going to be getting much work in those. Typical those, summer for you. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One last question, Chandler, before we let you go. Do you know about the yardage that they're talking for the ladies? Yeah, Kerry Haig, who does such a great job at setting up the championships for the PGA, was talking about between 66 to 6,700. So uh, right around the goal tees, you know, it can be like a, a little bit of a hybrid. They'll move some par threes around a little bit, but um, right about that goal tee yardage that uh, you would see as you, get, as you go around today. I really thought you were going to say 63. That's, that's yeah. going to be amazing. Yes. It's going to be uh, fun uh, to and, watch. And, 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 and just watch how good these women oh, are. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, Best case scenario for us, just selfishly and, and thinking about the locals, is uh, Amy Olson, who, who finished 18th in the PGA this year and, and won 20 times a record You know, as an NCAA uh, collegiate player at NDSU. And we'd love to see her the next this time next summer. Yeah, it'd be phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, so... All right, Chandler, thank you very much for coming on. You go ahead and get back to being a dad. Congratulations, and thanks a ton for hosting us today. We we can't say thanks enough. All right, we'll try to make at least some team birdies today. Okay, okay. <laughs> thanks, Chandler. Appreciate it, and best yeah. of luck. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. All right, that was Chandler Withington, head golf professional here, Hazeltine National. Uh, Scotty, I want to piggyback a little bit on some more Ryder Cup stuff if we could off yes, of that. Okay? Yeah. I know we got a, a full sheet here and all that, and Maggie's breathing down her neck. Like she's supposed to. That's why we have her here. Yes. Okay, but we have to hit this. The emotional part. Remember back when we talked about Furyk? Yes. I, I, I don't want to be Phil Mickelson here and just call it out, but that was brutal. 
Yeah. I, I just he just gave us nothing. He gave us no emotion. Didn't give us any insight. Of course, I was cheering for a Mickelson Woods pairing, which again you can crush me for that. I don't care. But it just didn't bring any of that out. It was almost like he preached the other way. Yes. You know, and again, we're not in the locker room. I don't know, but it was almost like, a, hey, go out and be you. You know. Yeah. And I, I agreed with Chandler 100 on that. That they need to stop being you for that one event. Yeah. You have to find a way to to do the Dave Duvall thing. Got chills up my back as I'm watching him, you know, doing this stupid little dance, whatever he was doing when he won his point. And you were like nine when it happened. But I was, you know, I was actually, I think, 20-something. But anyways, uh, you know, so you just remember that happened. And it's like, yeah, they have to figure out a way how to become a little bit more emotional for an emotional event. No, I think, yeah, it's uh, look at some of the guys on the European team. Sergio Garcia, everybody was like, he's playing terrible. Why would they ever pick him? It's the emotional factor. He gets it going. Ian Poulter. They call him Mr. Ryder Cup now. Is he going to get trademarked on that thing? Because the guy just makes the putts when it when it's needed and it doesn't matter how he's been playing or how his form has been. And and you could argue that the Molinari, those guys are kind of dry. But him and Fleetwood, they just paired together so well, and I didn't see the dry personality. That goes again to the point of something is pulled out of them. You could say it was home crowd and that they were playing well. You could make that argument. Again, but it just is its pulled out of there somehow to become this little bit more supernatural person, if you will. Yes, yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, that Molinari-Fleetwood uh, pairing, uh, you think we'll see that again in two mm, years? Mm, let me think. Yeah, mm. exactly. It's It's... <laughs> So I, I think that there's a lot of things you can point at. Is is there's a lot of blame to be pointed around, but I don't want any to, of it. No, no, and I, I, I don't. Were you pointing at me? No, I wasn't pointing at you. But oh, your I was, hand gesture. Yes, I, what I was saying is, you got to say hats off to Team Europe. They they played. They outplayed they, us. They outplayed us, yeah. and uh, we just didn't bring it. And right. uh, hopefully, in two years at Whistling Straits, we'll we'll. Get it right I back. Tw- I tweeted that immediately. You know, I'm kind of a Twitter guy. Yeah, I, you. Hey, don't worry, Americans. It just makes it better for when we drive over to Whistling Straits and beat them down over there. Exactly. All right. Fall meeting yesterday. Yes. Uh, always a good time to get together with fellow golf professionals. We dress up. Some of us dress up a little bit. You looked very dapper, I have to say, which is not a phrase I use much about with you. But I, it was, let's be honest, it was the last fall meeting as you being on the board of directors, as you d- did not uh, seek re-election, as you've got a different election you're focused on. I can't handle on. a loss, so yes. I, I just couldn't yeah, handle exactly. the defeat. I was like, I'm just not going to run. Because I feel like I would have got defeated. But so you I look just... great, coat and tie, yeah. and it was it was awesome. No, it's a great time. We get to catch up. It was uh, President Joel Berger's last swan song. Oh, I was waiting for Foley to roast him up there a little bit. He yeah. could have easily. Yeah, I, I wanted him to. And did you see Joel? He kind of got a little choked up up there. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did he, he was... get emotional? Uh, well, you know, I don't think Joel was going to. He's like the Tiger Woods of business. Yes. Isn't he where it's like he's in his steely little coffin and he's like, hey, I'm going to make this happen. We're going to get it through. But you're right. A little chink in the armor there. We gave him a, it was, it was very nice of the members um, to give him a round of applause. And, and, you know, Joel's taken a lot of heat during his presidency. We've taken, you bullets, we've, we've we've taken some uh, risks 
But you know what? I think everything that we've done on the board level has been very positive, and the direction that we're going is, yeah, I'm and, very happy. Yeah, and part of this, is, as, you, as people know, Scotty and I were both on the board. Scotty's continuing on, so we have a little bit inside information of all yes. that stuff, all that happened. And, you know, I think back to that phone conversation of, you know, the big, the big hire of Jeff and, and where we've gotten to with all the, again, all these events and all these different things happening. And you know what? Our section after that meeting yesterday, I get energized when I go to those because it's like I love hearing the positive story of look yes. at the the economic impact that we talked about yesterday yes. in our in our state. Oh, we're not going to count the Ryder Cup, everybody. Just so you know, this it doesn't count Ryder Cup money because that was huge. Yeah, right. And so because those are what do they call them one offs or something? Yeah, I, I'm not great with the lingo on that. Yeah, so help me out with that if you could. Okay, so neither you know, am I. Let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> We're not doing a business lecture here. That's not our cup of tea, pretty yes. much. That's why probably we're the pros at where we're at. Yes. Yeah, because they, they don't hire us for our business savvy. They hire us for maybe this kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nonetheless, but yeah, I, I'm very excited about the direction of the section, you know, with the tape mark, um, with uh, I think there's partnerships, uh, the Click Foundation. Um, and then I truly believe... Events like the KPMG here, um, the tour coming back here, that is going to energize golfers at the local level. And I think it's going to move the needle way more than we ever could think. Oh, 100%. How many times did Phil Anderson confuse you on Constitution? Never. Scott, we have said that this, we're going to be honest and open with people I want some honesty from you over there. Okay. How many times did you sit there and go, that's why he's doing it and I can't? No, that's what I'm saying is he made it as it, it little, it, it confused me as little as I could be. Okay. okay. Because he is so smooth. Uh, I don't know how, but I feel like he gets excited about the Constitution. Uh, yes, he to does. me, yep. it's, it's a lot of words. He's like a Federalist. You know, that he likes to dive in there and look in and go, hey, I like this stuff. I was praying at my table that nobody would tap me on. I kind of had my, my back turned to my table you yes. know, so I could see. I was praying nobody would tap me on the shoulder and go, what does that mean? Yes. Because I would have sat there and I was like, um, yeah, you know, you got me. Yes. You know, those type of things. So, yeah, it's good that we have quality people yes. who know that stuff, know how it all works. And then you and I can, because you were the loudest clapper. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you, that's an area where you're good. Hey, I'm a positive. I know my role. <laughs> I, I If I'm not in the game, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm cheering on the team. Oh. And, and speaking of, you know, Phil's on the board of directors yep. with us. And he is now, uh, was elected yesterday as our secretary. Yep. So that means in uh, four years, he will be our president. And uh, obviously, we've now got a new president, Mark Foley. And I've called him out. About his yes, playing. Yes, you did. He hasn't played enough. You tried that with Joel. It didn't really work. But you know what? Joel has played in the section championship every single year. He played this year at Woodhill. Oh, I was hoping a, he was, was going to walk the was, second day. He was, out, uh, he was fresh out of a walking boot. And in between oh. rounds, he was wearing the walking boot. And I think... That's why he couldn't walk day two. Yes, because we couldn't allow carts. But right, 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 he, right. Yeah, and... Um, so hats off to Joel for, and he'll continue to play. I I, I think we need to call him out, and his, his game is right there. You are pushing that hard on these guys, and I appreciate that. So so Mark Foley becomes our president. president. Ryan Hanford slips up the table 
He becomes, becomes the vice the president. Love Ryan Hanford. You know, him and I kind of came into the section together about the same time. He's yes. from Colorado. Uh, we, My wife's from Colorado, so we had a immediate connector. We went down and did the assistance match play thing down with the Iowa assistants. Yes. That's where Ryan and I kind of got to know each other. We're, we're slipping apart because he's he's understanding this, his role a little bit better, and I don't. And so, again, we don't connect as much as we used to. I hope he listens to us. And then, because uh, I love him. And then, uh, as you mentioned, Phil becomes secretary. Um, do, and now, the only other change was Matt Cook is now the new Dakota representative. Yes. And Coralie t- Jorgensen, uh, who we got to know at that long-term strategic planning last Very year. Very smart. We don't get to know those no those people. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Yes. We don't get to know the Dakota chapter as well as we would like to. Yes. Uh, but we got to know Coralie a little bit on that, and hopefully, you know, Matt can kind of jump in on that as well. Yeah, and and so Matt's in, and then uh, we lost one spot on the board due to the change in the mm-hmm. Constitution mm-hmm. and the bylaws. So we had uh, one. You go. So you did pick up some knowledge. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so since you did not seek re-election in the Southern District, uh, as I like to call it, yes. uh, Tim Huffman, Huffy. who was an at-large, ran unopposed, got elected. Tim at New Ulm Country Club, a, a good friend of ours. Yes. And then Phenomenal also, on the microphone. Yes, yes. And awesome with scissors. He's like Edward Scissorhands. Oh, right. Yeah. He's a barber. Yes, yeah, yes. We used to be. Yeah. Used yeah, yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. And then the and other... Be, hey, folks out there listening, just ask him sometime. It, it's some really good stories. He, it, he, he does this package deal at New Ulm. It's a 30-minute lesson and a haircut for $45. It's the best deal in town. You can't even you can't even make it up. That might be fake news, but that is a great idea. Don't you think he should start promoting that? Oh, People would take goodness. him up for sure. Right, because if you think, oh, I only need that one, but that one helps too. Yes, yeah. Cross-marketing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, Timmy is back on the board, and then we had one more at-large position, and our good buddy Jay Meyerhoff got re-elected, um, so he'll be back on, which he's a great board member at Rush Creek We're there. personally happy about that because of all the work he does for oh, the section. It's unbelievable. I said this in earlier podcasts, understated. Yes. No matter how many times we state it, understated what he does for our section. We can't hold a candle. Part of the reason I had to get off, I can't compare to that. No, no. You know, I mean, who can give that much? Well, yes. Jay does, yes, and he works hard for our section and for you and I and for all the other PGA pros out there. Um, uh, what else about the fall meeting stuck out to you, Scotty? Is there anything that uh, that jumped at you? Well, I, I just think it, it, you know, having Daryl Crawl there, who was a part of that uh, board uh, of directors, you know, conference and uh, where we essentially put together the pieces for our long-term strategic plan. I think Daryl is just unbelievable, and listening to him and and you know he's not a PGA member, but how much he cares for the member. He's not a PGA member. No, kind of feels like he. Is. Yes, but that just shows yeah, you it, how right. much he cares for us, and just talking about how he was brought up and got close with his uh, PGA pro in yeah. Ohio, and yeah. and it, it, he said it pretty much. That that changed his path of life, and everything he's done has be, been because of that. So it was pretty crazy, and and he is just so smart, and and it's it was awesome that we got him to come to our fall meeting, and we've been very fortunate to have some great great uh, keynote speakers at, at our meetings. Yeah, and you could tell it was the beginning of a new cycle of MSRs. 
Yeah. Because we just didn't have as many people there as we normally would yes. if they needed the points. And again, we just throw out the honesty here. Yes. And this is what it is. Again, yep. you and I are going. Yes. Whether we need the MSRs or not. Yeah. I will continue to go. I know you're looking at me like, well, you're not on the board anymore. Yeah. Maybe you won't go. Yeah, I will. I I'll think, be there. you know, we should have maybe, prom- to get more participation, we should have maybe put a plug out there that this was going to be your last fall meeting. I don't, I don't think that would have helped. You don't think so? Uh, no. No, I don't. Okay. Now, if they wanted to watch me shoot 90, yeah. maybe we could have done something <laughs> like that. We could probably get some payers like, for that. How did this happen where this guy got so bad? I had I had Mark Hetland come up to me. Mark Hetland, a good, good friend. Yeah. Stone Ridge Golf Club. Mark, come up to me and say, what happened to you this year? We're going to drop it right there. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's yeah. congratulate yeah. Jeff Sorensen. Player of the year, Jeffrey. I th- it's got to be four or five, six times now. You were supposed to say that at your, your tournament committee report. You were supposed to talk about that yesterday. I said congratulations to all of our player of the years. Oh. I was because about the joke here's, that you here, had. yeah, so here's right. oh yeah, we won't go there, but right, here's here's right, the right. thing. So Dale Jones, senior player of the year, Angie Aussie, women's player of the year, and then I had this written down sitting next to Andy Smith, uh, assistant here at Hazeltine National, and luckily Vincent said, "Don't forget the assistant player of the year," and I said, "Who's that?" Andy Smith. Oh no, right so, next to you. Yes, yeah, so I looked. We at, forgot him twice. Yeah. He won the assistant championship, and then we forget to. Know. Are but we I, that far removved from being assistants? No, that we just don't care about them anymore. I caught it before, and Andy's Andy's a great guy, and I congratulated him up there. So yeah, those are our player of the years. I love how you feel like you can call people to the carpet when you're up there. Me? Yeah. Why? The Scott went up, gave a speech for those who weren't there. You know, he went up and he gave his tournament report, and you just called Foley. Uh, Jim Deutsch. Yeah. Or was that later in the forum? That was later. I mean, you just call these guys right to the carpet. You know what? Playing some golf. I love it. Uh, we're golf pros. If you can't play golf, then you should be doing something else. 30 seconds or less. You played in the golf champions. Yes. Again, I didn't qualify because I wanted my time free for the Ryder Cup. Yes. So, again, don't think it wasn't because I can't play well enough. It was just that I wanted to be available to watch, which I got up and watched the 3-0, fell asleep about four different times, you know, in that, or the four or the 3-1 segment, yes. really, fell asleep a couple different times, but um, I was thinking about you guys out there in the golf champion, so d- run us through a little bit, you missed the cut by, I think, what, one? Again. Again, yeah, 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 yeah you know, for that. Uh, at, at golf champions at Golden Valley Country Club, uh, Ross Miller, who also won the tape mark this year. He's uh, he's making a little cheddar this year. Seven under at Golden Valley. Golden Valley was in unbelievable shape. It, in I, a good, good way, way, right? Yes, yeah. I love that golf course. Um, and that it, it, I wanted to play so bad on Sunday, and I missed the cut by one. But uh, yeah, so Ross Miller beat Sam Matthew, Donald Constable, um, two kind of mini tour guys, uh, Caleb Van Aragon, who is I think a senior finish fourth. He might even be a junior. And then Jeff Sorensen, our highest uh, section guy at fifth. Now, the only good thing I will say about me missing the cut is Sunday morning, I got up. I watched every single shot on Sunday. And then you played in a tournament for your church? Yes, I did. Who was going to be your replacement if you just so happened to make the cut? Did you have that lined up? I did not. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so I played that afternoon in a church scramble. And, uh, yeah, it was just so um, I 
I still play golf on Sunday, and I got to see the Ryder Cup. And I, I mean, even though we didn't win, it's it was just fun to sit there and watch. And we got some stuff happening at Nationals. we got some senior guys out there now. We've got uh, the Assistance National Championship coming up in the middle of November that you mentioned. Yes. And then the two Pro-Ams. Yes. Orlando Pro-Am in, is that early January? January. Mid-January, yes. And then the one that, of course, we spent some time with Insanity yesterday and talking about the Vegas Pro-Am that you are going to. Yes. And are you? See how I said that? Yes. I put you right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put you Yes, I have my buddies from Brainerd. They called me. They, they, I know, I know. You're sitting there thinking, why would they want a guy who shoots 90? Yeah. Why would anybody? Because it's not about the golf. Yeah. You, we are going to have a good time. Which they will have a great time with you. Even shooting 90, I'm going to try to. But I get a little miserable, I'll have to admit, when I don't play well. But I didn't at Hazeltine here the other day. I didn't get miserable. I, I stuck with it. So, yes, yeah, so those are the events that we have coming up, Scotty. And I want to clear up one rumor, if I could, before we. Before we don't we like off. rumors. No, we hate them. So yeah. we're going to clear it up. Our jobs are not in jeopardy here on the podcast. No. We made sure of that yesterday. Yes. This is a slight bit of nervousness. Our buddies from Brainerd came up and said, ooh, everything okay? You know, are you guys hanging in there? There was a comment that said, uh, for now, hosting. For now, hosting Scott and Greg. And, of course, people read into stuff. Yes. And that's okay. I mean, we do that a little bit. But, again, we wanted to just clear that rumor up that we are safe. We didn't sign a contract of any sort. But um, uh, we got reassurance from from Mr. Hints that w- we're okay. Yes, and let's let's just say you know one of our partners in crime has oh, moved in yeah. on to bigger and better things. Our our buddy Flo, Chris Rockford. Yeah, our has, listeners are going to notice that yes. we didn't have Flo here today. Yes. So Maggie's double duty over there. Do you think Is Maggie this? needs to start talking uh-huh. on the podcast? Yes, she's shaking her head no. Well, of course she is because she doesn't want to. But yes. we have to make people out of their comfort zone like you do with their golf game. Yes, I do. Uh, so best of luck to Chris in yeah, his new endeavors. And um, yeah, so he was finally wrong, by the way, which we have to mention about Ryder Cup. Remember, so dominant, and they're going to go, who wouldn't want to face these teams? Who would want to face right. Kepka and right. Johnson? And hey, yeah, Chris. Because he got the PGA Championship right, and, I, and again, now you got that. So you guys are each one and one, and I'm still looking for a victory. But yes. this is kind of like my golf game. We'll just hey, find it somewhere s- down the road. You're searching. Right, I'm searching. So, all right, that kind of wraps up uh, Club, Pro, Club Pro Chatter number four. I'd like to thank Chandler for coming on. Yes, thank you. Uh, we've got some people um, observing us. I'm looking for the reports later. Uh, here in the room with us. We'd like to thank them for coming in. And then Maggie, we love you. We love what you do. I've said it every podcast. I just come in, drink a cup of coffee, eat Scotty's breakfast, and just talk. But you have to do all the work. So we thank you a ton for that. And again, I, I, I don't I don't under underplay that. Uh, this wouldn't have happened. Yes. I'm going to probably say that every show. <laughs> There's no way that you and I could have figured any of this out. No. We no. would definitely not have a crate. That's for sure. Yeah. And we wouldn't even, we'd be carrying the stuff I'm in kind of. I'm lucky to get here on time. Yes, you're over the last two. That's all right. You had a you had a big night last night. So, all right. So, I'd like to say thank you to all those people. Thank you for all who listen. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Yes. We're still waiting yeah, for our first Yeah, we're working on one. those. Okay, yes. we'll get some. It's yeah. fine. No problem. We, we got, we're working on some stuff with Fogel. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what we can figure out there. So, once again, this is Greg Snow with my buddy Scott Kimmins. Scotty, great show today. Great job. Thank you. I really Thank thought you held your own. Hey, I'm hanging in there. I'm getting bigger and better each Yeah, time. no, go ahead and eat your breakfast. So All this right. is Greg Snow signing off. Thank you again for listening. Take care.